You're listening to The Agenda from So So Gay. Uh, in the studio this time round, we've got a special guest with me, Sham, and Jack. Hi. And that's Jamie from The Irrepressibles. Um, we'll be talking to Jamie this evening about um, the launch of their new album uh, called Nude. And they are hosting a gig, um, a very avant-garde musical project entitled Expanding Landscape into Nudes. And uh, they are performing at East London's Village Underground on Thursday the 8th of November at 8pm. So we'll be talking to Jamie about the gig, about the band. Also we're going to talk about gay conversion therapy and we're going to look through the Independent's recently published Pink List. We'll be hearing Jamie's opinions on that and some secrets about nude members of his band. (laughs) Um, Don't forget, uh, get in touch with your feedback. You can email us at uh, theagenda at sosogay.co.uk or text us uh, by starting with the word agenda to 077 86 200 690. So, Jamie, yes. I've seen two of your music videos, and they're fantastic. To Am I right in saying Arrow was the first single off your new album? That's correct. And yeah. then New Worlds was the second single. Yeah. Both of them have quite homoerotic videos. Very much so, um, yeah. And you're the direct, you direct those as well? I directed these two videos, yeah. Okay. And... Um, I heard that the model in I think is it New World is a kind of there's quite a good looking twinky model in one of the videos that's wrestling and diving. He is actually a fan of your band and then ended up in a music video. Yeah, um he's he's just just he's great great performer, great guy, but it it would we he just um came through another friend um he he was a fan of the band and uh and came along to do a music video where he had to wrestle basically naked <laughs> with the violinist <laughs> from the band um in this video concept I had for the the song Arrow which is I can tell you more about the song but yeah that was the that was the um, beginning line. So the album's called Nude what um there's obviously a theme running through there already. You've got fans taking their clothes off, starring in the videos. Um, <laughs> is it is it a gay title, or I mean, what when you say nude, what what does that mean to you? Nude is about an um, an emotional honesty, um, and it's very much for me, being a gay man. Um, what I wanted to do is really clearly um, emotionally express. Um, as I always do with 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 my work um, did with Mirror Mirror, but with particularly with Nude, I um, wanted to try and bring together um, sonic worlds of many of my heroes in in um, in gay music and gay film, Fassbinder and uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood and um, even Erasure, and and create a sonic world that could be the backdrop for some um, very uh, clearly and honestly, um, uh, homosexual stories. Basically, it does seem like there was a, a quite a strong homosexual dialogue in pop music in that era. When you talk about Frankie Goes mm. to Hollywood and, and yeah, Erasure, um, and it was quite an honest, openly gay voice mm. in pop music. And it seems to have gone. 
do you feel like that or yeah i mean i i I do think that that's that's true in some respects um you know they predominantly in mainstream music yeah you're right i think do you feel uh under pressure as a openly gay musical artist is there pressure in the industry to sort of keep that under wraps so that your music has a wider appeal yeah i think i think i think it's a bit of a misnomer the idea that um that you need to you know somehow kind of uh, disguise your true nature in order to be more commercially successful as an artist and you know I, I do think that that's been the kind of you know main thrust of of um of uh, how people perceive you know in the, in the industry how you should you know go where you should go with your music um but uh with nude i i, I wanted to really kind of deal with um a lot of really um, uh, important gay narratives, and one of the main ones for me was um, with the track "New World." I um, I'd had this song that I'd written when I was nineteen for this friend to, to to tell him, you know, to help him to find the confidence to come out and be himself. And mm-hmm. um, it was stylistically at the time, it was very like a country song, you know, it was just acoustic guitar and voice. Um, and then about. A year ago, oh, it was about six months ago. I was hearing about these kids killing themselves, you know, for being bullied. Yeah, and I, I, I just thought this message needs to be, um, to be put out there. And I, I made this music video about this, um, boy being bullied, and then he basically goes to kill himself, and then he drowns, and then he's saved by um the ghosts of these um these other boys that have done the same, and they say enough is enough, and they push him out of the water, and then he dances as the sun rises and and then at the end of the video you just hear him breathe and I just wanted to make that affirmation of um if you know how important it is for you know kids like that to find themselves and become who they are so you're you're based in North London now but you're originally from Scarborough yeah so when did you leave Yorkshire and move to the big city I moved down when I was um 18 I came to to I got a scholarship to study singing but it was like uh, Afro-American styles of singing it was like rock and <laughs> jazz and stuff like that yeah I've, I've read that you've done a bit of a switch and a change from your genres of music that you were involved in yeah yeah I used yeah. to be a rock singer in a rock band yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that where you started off Jacques was that your first bit of music or, or did, do you play classical instruments or no, it's quite interesting. I mean, I, I I did rock and I was singing rock and I was into that, you know, that whole style of music. Because, you know, growing up in Scarborough, it's a really wonderful place and there's so much there culturally. You know, there's Alan Aitbourne. And, but music, it was just the stuff on the main, you know, high street. It's Woolworths, you know. And was, so all of this stuff was really, really commercial pop. Yeah. And then, so I didn't have any idea there was all this stuff. And then I came to study singing and there was this music shop across the road. And then there was this cover and it had like a guy with tits. And I was like, who's this? And it was, <laughs> it was Aphex Twins Window Licker. And I took him and I was like, it's amazing. And then um, I um, was also this other cover, and it was, it was Beck, and I listened to Beck, and all of this this music was across the road. So I kind of fell out with this kind of yeah. world of kind of you know um, rock and pop, and 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 uh, you know doing star jumps, singing Michael Jackson, and uh, and then became interested in this slightly more experimental world of music. And then I and then I then I did gigs, acoustic singer songwriter stuff for a few years, and 
and wrote pretty much most of the music that's made up my last two albums. I've been kind of releasing my last back catalogue, but I went to mu- I went to um, study music sociology and uh, music culture and, and pop culture and um, uh, university and uh, and production and all that sort of thing, and. Uh, just found Fassbinder in the you know mm. Quirrell in the in the library and and, and read about um, the KLF and and read about um, Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren with the Sex Pistols and just became really fascinated in the idea of trying to um, and my my, my um, brother's an artist so there was an influence from from him but I just wanted to start to um, look at creating different ways of looking was that also music genre. was that also a coming out for you then when you moved to London you were 18 before that in Yorkshire I mean were you an openly gay teenager or as a young as a uh, when I was at school I wasn't but I don't think I could help but be you know mm. I was like I was very different and I was always bullied from when I was at primary school and secondary school Gosh. And sixth form college the whole way through um, but it's been amazing speaking to the, one of the models that started in the video because he had a difficult time but he's so much more at ease with himself than than than, than I was, mm. and it's like it's wonderful how things have changed yes. in the time that that since I was a kid at school, you know. I see that with people on Twitter that who are so young and openly gay and seem yeah. really confident about mm. it. I think having things like YouTube as a vehicle really help. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so in two thousand eight, you were at Latitude Festival performing in a glass box. Well, it's actually not glass, but it's a cube, um, definitely. Well, yeah. well, I think of it against health and safety. Uh, but. Yeah, it um, yeah, it's like Perspix, maybe. Um, how many? How many of you were in the box? Well, I, I, um, as a, originally the the repressibles, and I should have kind of told the chronology of the story, but I ended up really like fascinating, fascinated in performance art and from and and um, feminist performance artists from the 80s and the Dada movement and the Fluxus movement and and happenings particularly um and all of this um all of these elements that I could bring into trying to subvert performance and I was just I mean I'm sure that a lot of listeners love a lot of really really like X Factor and these sort of things but for me I just didn't like that yeah. so I wanted to make an antithesis to manufactured pop music and so I started to think how can I you know really transform the way that a band is performed and yeah. so I started to work with classical instrumentation but just I'd never worked with a violin or a viola before and so and then I'm such a rebellious character that I just thought well they normally sit there and play music I'm going to get them to dance so I started to choreograph them <laughs> to move and dance and uh, and that's how I ended up with this orchestra this chamber orchestra yeah. Um, and then I would create these situations that we perform in. So I, was, I used to get, initially the Irrepressibles was an art project. So I was commissioned by different institutions to create performances. And one of them was the BNA. And I present, created the Human Music Books for their Baroque exhibition. And then Latitude had it presented there as well. But I'd done other, um, other arts commissions for Latitude for a few years before so, as well. So is this, does your number of the irrepressibles fluctuate in terms of how many 
you are at any point in time or are you are you a set number of people within your band or well it's called the irrepressible so <laughs> i've got to let everyone be free yeah. and you know it's a band so yeah. we're committed to being in a band and it's not like a session project where people come in yeah. and do a bit and then leave it's it's and it's not you know jimmy mcdermott and the irrepressible yeah. it's the irrepressible so so we do an album and then whoever wants to do the album we do an album with so i ended up with an orchestra of musicians for the first album and then with this album i've ended up with a different um, a group of, of some, well, some of them have, have yeah. with me, um, but have, have stayed. But a couple of them left. Um, one, one actually works with um, Patrick Wolf now, actually, oh, okay. and the other one um, uh, is his tour manager. And then the other one was an actress, and she wanted to go back to be an actress. She's Do you find with actress. a large band is it a huge battle of egos? Or is it is it more like a, a play, and they're the cast, and you sort of you're directing them? I mean. Well, so far I'm heavily directing because we don't have very much time because we only rehearse once a week and we only get 52 rehearsals a year. But that said, everybody that's... um, I think, actually, I can't even say nobody is... I think everybody that's ever been in the Irrepressibles or is in the Irrepressibles now are so creative at making their own things as well that... Um, the you know there's always the idea that with the next album if we can find the time and we've got the you know there's more more money so they can do more with it then we do some more music together and I collaborate a lot I've been doing some stuff and um, vocals for some dance tracks recently and um, I've done all sorts of collaborative projects in the past so it's just another thing we could do I'm seeing another Anthony Hegarty parallel there because he had his Hercules and Love Affair dance oh, yeah. side project um. <laughs> So there's not a moment where someone's like, I want to put a tambourine bit in here, and you're like, no, that's a crap idea. It's not going into the song. <laughs> well, I always conceive, generally conceive um, the musical in one moment, which is a bit, sounds a bit ridiculous, but I was, um, I had another interview and I was talking about this idea of um, when I was a kid, I don't know, I think probably other um, gay men have mm. this, but... There was always a soundtrack in my head. Yes. <laughs> the soundtrack of your life. Every, you know I mean? every gay man should have a soundtrack exactly. of their life. Yeah, and completely. especially when you're being bullied and you're yeah. isolated and you're walking home and you've got like a cheek, you know, bleeding you... or whatever. And then you've got this music. Well, I started to make up my own music in my own head. And, and so I hear it all at the same time. So I, I just basically just sing it's, it out. It's me. really funny that you mentioned that because I... I do this thing where I write my own version of the lyrics in my head to make a song mm. gay. If it's about like a woman, it's about <laughs> yeah. a man. Or sometimes, you know, when they edit out swear words and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but um, I got caught out a couple of weeks ago. We were just in the smoking out G.A.Y. And then I caught myself <laughs> singing my own version of the song. Out loud. My friends <laughs> um, Leaving you to the side. But that's why I like Robin, because I find her songs are quite easy to... In my head, I can pretend I'm the pop star and that's my song. Whereas a Madonna song, her personality is so strong, or like Mariah yeah. Carey, yeah. you have to give the song over to them. Whereas with a Robin song, I feel like I can kind of step into her shoes a bit when I'm listening to it. That's such a gay anthem, isn't it? Like, like call, you, call, call your boyfriend. Call your boyfriend. Yeah, it's yeah really, loves it's, it. It's really... I've, I've seen you guys promoting through your Facebook page. Um, the You've requested fans to send in um, videos of, of themselves kissing. Mm. Um, for for the song um, off the um, album Nudes, it's, it's called Two Men in Love. Two Men in Love, yeah. Um, and t- tell us about that. What, what are you actually going to do with the the videos that people are sending in? Um, well, I had a really interesting idea, which was to um, at this time I think you know. 
I mean, I, mean, I, be, I believe that everybody should have an involved. Everybody's artistic and everybody's creative, and it's 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 amazing whenever we've had a track remix because we actually did a competition. <coughs> Sorry to go around the question and then welcome yeah. back to it, but but we we did a competition where we had when we released New World, which was the video of the the boy that that's buried and then the kiss under the water and then the emancipation. Um, he um, we also released another single called Tears of Tears. Sorry. It's called Tears. <laughs> You've got such good titles. All your songs have these really emotive, powerful names. Thank you. And Tears is about because I'm, I'm, I, you wouldn't believe it, but I'm such a, I'm quite socially inept and find it quite difficult in social situations. Get quite nervous. So I just have to just talk. Um, <laughs> but like, um, I, uh, I wrote this song in a hotel room in Medina. I was just feeling really isolated when I was out on tour, and I just wrote this song. And it's about you know the tears of a clown when you've been this you know artist for everybody and do, you, do they really care you know or do the people in your life really care you know it's it's uh it's um and as a gay man as well you know it's it's you know the the tears of a clown you're kind of this party animal you you know being this amazing creature and everyone oh isn't he great isn't he great and it's mm. like yeah but do you really understand me so it was that i made this song and i just then basically let the let the uh the fan base not mm. um uh, a dance artist specifically, but just we just let the fan base remix the track, and where it went was amazing. But also, they just took out and pulled out bits of this track. So we started this process of just yeah. kind of collaborating with our fan base, um, and they did all these amazing remixes, and we 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 we, we shortlisted two um, yeah. winners, and then we released them. Um, and obviously, that's it's been really really wonderful. But um, with Two Men in Love, um, I just just wanted to kind of do a similar thing whereby well it was also as well motivated by the by what I'd seen with the wonderful campaigns that that um ch- charities like stop homophobia and mm. um stop um, gay bullying and um there's a, a real there's been a real thrust online yeah. of of um people trying to stop you know kids from you know um just to try and try and create an affirmation of of universal love with a a video that 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 isn't just yeah you know well just to give you some details um if if you do happen to get the chance to go to uh, the irrepressible's launch of the new album at village underground it's thursday the 8th of november at 8 p.m you can get tickets um from the village underground's website or ticket web there are 15 pounds and um it's the launch of the new album uh, nude which was released on the 22nd of october and also go buying um it's amazing i have listened to it and you, i doubt you will dislike any of the tracks on it um thanks very much Thank you. jamie for Thank you. talking to us jamie will be staying with us for the rest of the time we have um where we'll be just chatting about stuff <laughs> Last week, the Independence Pink List came out, which is their list of the 101 most influential gay, lesbian, transgender people in Great Britain. Sham and Jamie, what do you think of the Pink List? Uh, Jamie, what, let, let's get you to guess. Do you have you seen it? I, I haven't looked I at haven't it. I haven't looked at it. I haven't yet. looked at it either. Shall we guess? Shall we guess who's number one? Well, I don't. Ian McKellen. No? Should Ian McKellen is actually in a lifetime achievement section. Oh, which is people that would just be at the top of it every year, otherwise. Okay, so so to be honest, I I don't know much about the pink I, list. I don't because I don't follow sports that much. I don't know the number one slot this year, which is Nicola Adams. She's a lesbian boxer. She from um, 
the mixed race girl from Liverpool. Yes, let's take a photo of her. There. See, I know um, about sport. There are lots of Paralympians and uh, athletes, and you know you can imagine it's 2012. So yeah. a lot of those guys have sort of jammed their way in this year. Well, they were quite a big inspiration, I think. Um, to to a lot i mean i i from twitter you could see the olympics raised such a massive interest in sport among gay people you know there's the stereotype that gay people don't like sport which is completely not true um not it's, all. it's a strange list though because i mean people like gok Wan, i think he's great and i'm you know i'm really happy yeah uh, with what he's done uh, <laughs> but is he influential as a gay i mean maybe he is just just being on tv mean that you're automatically Influential, I suppose so. I mean, people look up to you. I think, in a sense of being out, oh, you know, what what do you reckon, Jamie? Do you think being you have to do good work to be an influential person? Or, I don't know. No, of course not. I mean, it's you can be influential in business, can't you, and not even be known? I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are the more interesting people on the list. Like you know, a woman who's in charge of Tesco who happens to be lesbian that you've never heard of. Wow. Um. I think they should do a list of closet homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what colour it would be. I, I, I definitely think the list would make 100. I mean, I can think of a few. Jamie, do you know a few influential, without mentioning names, closet homosexuals? That you reckon? Ooh, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe like judges on talent TV shows. You or... mean like Judge Judy? <laughs> <laughs> People that own famous theatres or footballers. Yeah. Mm, well, there's <laughs> there's always the rumours, I mean, you know, of... of There's always rumours, I think, in every sort of industry and section of life, sport, music, films. Yeah. Um, I mean... Tom Cruise would be my number one on the list. Also, oh, did we say no mentioning of names? I don't, I don't read The Independent, but obviously I buy this issue every year because it's got the pink list. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if they deliberately set it up, but the whole issue was so gay. There was a story about Alan Bennett, there was something about Elton John. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know whether they know, because gay people are going to buy this issue, they try and win over new readers. Yeah. But it was pretty much a gay magazine. Wow. But in the sense of value in terms of the pink list to me... Jamie is just studying the pink list. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's really, who's your favourite thus he's, far he's that planning, you've seen? Planning oh, well, it has, obviously, obviously it has to be Peter Thatchell. Yes. Obviously. Peter Thatchell's great. He's amazing. Yes. He's just going out there and, and he's, trying to change the world. He he's is amazing. irrepressible. Oh, Absolutely. And what's great about Peter is all he wants is equality and nobody can argue with yeah. that. <laughs> well, they, they should... I mean, for me personally, the pink list is great um, in a sense, but personally, I just feel like it, it's great to know that people are out and gay. But I think it, it also, in a sense, adds a label to the fact that, oh, you're... you're you're popular yeah. but you're gay so I that think makes it even more wonderful which it doesn't as it's an like, openly gay person it's a fun list to read especially yeah. when you live in London because you're like oh it's him or it's her yeah. but I don't know I think it's important to remind young gay people that you don't have to overachieve to make up for the fact that you're gay like you yeah. can work in a supermarket or be a farmer or a plumber <laughs> or whatever and you know you might not be on the pink list but yeah, yeah. just as important it but, is good to see that there's there's people that are gay in such positions of um, uh, power and responsibility yeah. and uh, 
I don't know why anyone would be in the Conservative Party, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's just completely. That I just don't understand that at all. I definitely. But take, anyway, <laughs> I definitely take comfort knowing that these organisations like Google and Facebook have gay people high up in them. Mm. I mean, next year, Jamie, presumably you'll be on the pink list. <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> know about that. <laughs> what yeah. number do you see yourself landing at? I think you could knock off at 100. You've got Claire Harvey. 412. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, well, how do you get onto the pink list, I had one lovely fan that, mentioned, that said, I think Jamie should be on this list. Oh, brilliant. Like, like, <laughs> it is, well, it is quite a tough fan, list. Like, number fan. 98, so like irrelevant is actually Christopher Bailey who owns Burberry <laughs> who's incredibly powerful uh, and important oh wow so that's that that's is a really powerful. tough list but well how do you get onto it um people have to nominate you oh ah. well so there we go when your there fans we go. have finished kissing each yeah. other <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, they'll have to get nominating definitely <laughs> moving on talking about Sort of being gay, and you mentioned earlier also that it, it was really important for you to to have people feel comfortable through your music about being gay. Mm. Um, I don't know if you managed to watch uh, some time back recently. We had um, a, a program A on BBC Three uh, where they showcased in in America they have this um, conversion camp where mm. young people can go um, for therapy and and go on a camp to be converted from gay to straight. Um, this comes from the same company did the promotion a couple of months back where they put an ad on, a L- on London buses about converting or becoming straight and that you have a choice. Um, and the programme was really interesting. I mean, it was a mockery and was it was so funny um, mm. in a sense because it, it was just unbelievable how one of the guys basically went from saying um i don't have same sex attraction but i'm still very much addicted to gay porn a little bit so you know i only jack off to it twice a week now as opposed to every day presumably this oh, organization is run by closet gays who prey on the customers and stuff well probably yeah well some of them some of them i think one of the guys were um um or or yeah. had a conversion from being gay to straight um I, what do you think about they've now to give you some info they've now in california they've banned kids from under the age of 18 going onto this camp thing and this camp is trying to infiltrate um the uk um also um i what do you think about people undergoing like conversion if you will well it's so dark it just it's just horrendous i mean I mean, you told me about this earlier, and I was just just so. It just makes me feel sick. Yeah. Um, and. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting actually because we, we we did a gig in America, and we had a fan come backstage, and this fan was Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and he said I had a beautiful voice, and so he must have known. Yeah. That I'm gay. And that's California. That's Republican government yeah. of California. Yeah. And I mean the the I mean the politics with the Republican Party is dark. Yeah. But, but like yeah, I mean this is just it, I don't know what what can be done, but it's just you know democracy is meant to be a celebration of difference. Yeah. I I don't know how. I mean it's yeah. Do 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 you think? Do you think people should have the personal choice, though, 
in a sense, to decide. I know it's it's obviously it goes so much deeper, I, doesn't I, in it? In a way, I think they. I don't know. I felt sorry for this. Is going to sound really controversial. But I felt <laughs> sorry a little bit for the person, the gay conversion therapist who yeah. was sacked a couple of years ago. Not because obviously what she was doing was completely wrong, but the gay community or investigative journalists or whatever had had picked that battle and set out to 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 set her up basically. Yeah. But I think if you go to someone and say. I want to pay you to show me how I can maybe become straight or stop having these gay feelings. If someone's willing to pay money mm. for anything, it's going to create a. I think I feel like the gay community should shouldn't focus too tightly on these w- weirdos and like little creeps. Like, yeah. On a much wider scale, all of us undergo, I think, a bit of gay conversion therapy. Like as a child, I you know just little things like, oh Jack, your knees aren't very muddy after that rugby match, and <laughs> yeah, no, you can't have Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my friend Matthew. He um he always wanted to kind of prove to his parents that he wasn't that gay. And I remember once at a party, there was this girl, really gorgeous girl called Melissa, and Matthew was saying to his mum in the kitchen, oh, Melissa, she's so beautiful, you know, I think I might really fancy Melissa, I think maybe I am straight and stuff, and was buzzing about this girl, Melissa. And Matt's mum, Angela, just slapped him on the face lightly and was like, no, Matthew, you just think she's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? That That is what every mother, I think, should do, as opposed to going um, as one of the mothers... Um, in the show turned around and compared being gay to a terrorist and (laughs) this is why I'm saying the show was actually quite ridiculous in that sense and but it's in that whole in that whole theme of people being comfortable I know parents are just so influential of the way that children are I was I was I was ranting about this in in another interview this morning, but it's like you the the parents are so influential on how a child feels and uh you know, when you, there isn't that sense of there being um, uh, the support for being who you are, it's not, yeah. you know, whether it's um, being gay or being lesbian or, or if you're in a school and you're a minority, I mean, there's lots of different comparisons, but if there's any support for that difference, I think this thing is a bit like, you know, you've got you've got an itch on your leg and you keep scratching it, scratching it until yeah. it bleeds and then, you know, someone needs to turn around to you and say, stop it, fuck's sake, stop it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what these people need to be told to do. I, mean, I think children, It's like so wrong. I think all parents need to tell their children that it's okay if they're gay because it is horrible because I, I, I used to have this with my grandmother where I didn't really want her to know because she'd said a couple of things in the past that had been a bit homophobic. She'd yeah. said of mm. someone in a restaurant Oh, look at him, he's a fairy dripping in jewellery or something. And As grandmothers do. I used, I used to think, oh my God, it's really bad. I'm in the closet, I'm not telling her. But actually it was it was her fault because I loved her so much and I wanted her to love me. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to upset her. Yeah. So it was nothing, it wasn't to do with me, it was to do with her attitude and me trying to dance around it. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like... Yeah, when my mum said to me once on a train platform, Jack, if you're gay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It was just nice to know that. And yeah. my dad said to me once, he picked me up at university one time and he said, oh, you, I never see you that much in these days. And uh, if you want to come and visit me, that's fine. You can bring your girlfriend or you can bring your boyfriend or whatever it is you've got yeah. these days. But just little things like that it, make you it's feel... It's that indication mm. of, of, you know, that, that hints that parents give you. But mm. I think a lot is changing at the moment. I think... Well, yeah. he, he, in As this we, country, in this country, yeah, a lot, a lot is changing, and um, yes, yeah, so you just did it. That's because you were in Portugal mm. to what yesterday or something recently, doing interviews last week. Last <laughs> yeah. week. So, in other countries, do you tone 
I mean, what do you do? Because I read that, like, for example, the gay kiss in Downton Abbey was mm. cut out in Greece and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. I mean, your team, your team encourage you to just be yourself and talk about all the gay themes in your music when you're abroad or... Well, um, I think when you set out with the name The Irrepressibles, you've kind of got to say <laughs> yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely not going to St. Petersburg anytime soon, or, or Russia we've been, anytime. We've been offered to come to... Yes, several times now, and right. it will happen at some point, wow. but there is always a fear. And you yeah. see, in our previous episode, we spoke about... We went about, to China as well recently, yeah. You see, again, interesting. Um, uh, America, gay conversion, Russia, bans Madonna for promoting homosexuality yeah. Yeah, China's also not very you know they're a bit iffy know. yeah you know, know. Yeah. this is really interesting because not well, if you're not as I mean you know if you're Madonna famous then that's different isn't it yeah if you're a little band like me then it's yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> I have to ask you your, yeah. your album's called Nude have you ever been to a nudist beach Oh no! I'm, I'm, yeah. Are you, are you a fan <laughs> of nat- naturism? Absolutely. <laughs> my band are more so. Oh my god, Sarah, Sarah, and James. The, 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 the one of the drummers is James, and Sarah's a keyboard player, synth player, tuba bells player, singer, blah, blah, blah. extraordinary. And I mean, he sings and uh, and plays other things mm. as well. They, they were great. And they're both two sexy, a sexy man, a sexy lady. And uh, but they just love to get naked, mm. and they did, we did a shoot for a, a fashion magazine, and they got they both got completely naked in the shoot. We should have had a new dress code for Brilliant. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could all be sitting I've nude. No one knows. No one knows. We could be nude. Um, excellent. Thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us um, this evening. It's been really good Thank to meet you. you. I'm really looking forward to the show on Thursday. Thank you. Have a great. Thank you, Jamie, very much for joining us this evening. You can follow The Irrepressibles on Twitter, at Irrepressibles, or like the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash The Irrepressibles. Subscribe to The Agenda on iTunes by searching So So Gay, or find us on SoundCloud. Uh, Follow us on Twitter for the news and updates at So So Gay, or get in touch via email. Let me guess. The agenda at sosogay.co.uk or text us starting with the word agenda to 077 86 200 690. And thanks to everyone for listening. <laughs>